This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, we want to thank everybody for listening, joining us for our Sober October. And uh, we want to thank all of our guests being so brave and kind to get on here and share their stories. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's their, I mean, their addiction stories, right? So, I mean, and, and Tony, I've really never asked our listeners, but, you know, we're going to, we're going to plead with you to, uh, to share this podcast with, with, you know, any, anyone really, because, you know, you never know who, who needs to hear um, these stories. Um, we've also left a couple web links in our podcast descriptions. Um, it's just a couple organizations that can help with addictions. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my bud, Tone. What's up, Tony? Hey, what's going on, brother? How you doing today? Doing good, man. I'm, um, I'm, uh, I don't know if the word's excited, but this is going to be like a cool month that we do. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty deep. You know what I mean? It, it's, uh, it's a month of uh, people that uh, who've uh, been through a lot, and uh, you know what I mean, and they overcame it and uh, have. Uh, well, maybe we should tell them what it is instead of <laughs> giving them the definition. So uh, we're really excited to kick off Sober October this month, and we're going to um, we're talking to five different people this month and about their yeah. yeah about the you know their struggles, their successes, the sobriety. I mean, the whole month is uh, you know it's going to I think wake people up, challenge people, mm-hmm. uh, bring, uh, some, uh, realness in their lives. You know what I mean? Definitely to, some realness, right? Yeah. Cause we all know somebody who, uh, at, had struggled at one point, and especially in our industry, we have a lot of that, right? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, you, you see people that, you know, just they ruin their lives or destroy it. You know what I mean? And, and if, you know, this month can help in any way to, uh, just, just to wake somebody up and uh, kind of. I mean, it's not even like waking up. I mean, I think it's sometimes. I think a lot of times, um, especially in recovery, like maybe just a little push into like you know support or a little push that somebody's been there, or a little push to be, or just even permission. Yeah, really. but they might not even realize it, right? So, sure. uh, and then all of a sudden they hear these stories and, and they start connecting the dots in their lives. You know what I mean? Right. That's what I mean by waking up, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it kind of brings it to to the forefront of, mm-hmm. hey, you know what? That's that's me. Yeah, it sounds like me, right? I mean, that's so true. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm I'm excited about this month because I just think that we've got some really good guests and um to to share their stories and and frankly, I'm humbled that uh, that uh-huh. that people share their stories. Completely grateful, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, because you to be transparent from a lot of people and you know what I mean with those kind of struggles and what, what it, uh, I don't know. It's just. You know, I have mad respect for people that can uh, put themselves out there like that. And that want to kind of, you know, share their stories so others can get gain strength from it, we'll put it. Absolutely. But you know, even more, more importantly about this month, I think that um, 
you know, instead of dwelling on, on their stories or dwelling on the recoveries, like where we should really dwell, if we're going to use that word, is in their successes, right? Because each one of our guests has had like just amazing successes post-sobriety. Yeah, they overcame that to, to do really good things, great things, you know? Right, exactly. All right, let's uh, let's jump in. So, so, so today's guest, um, I'm excited to introduce, and and we were actually making um, we we're making jokes in pre-interview, but like um, I met our <laughs> guest uh, DJ Victory today in 2012. I actually reached out to her on Facebook. Thank God for social media again, right? I reached out to her on Facebook because she had this most amazing like uh, lavender pastel color. And I reached out and asked for the formula and she was incredibly gracious enough to, uh, to give it to me with no grief whatsoever. Um, so we, so, uh, I, I've, again, I've been talking to her like via DM, you know, probably a thousand times since 2012, but, um, but, uh, today she agreed to, to uh, to share her story. So I'm, uh, oh, you want to go ahead and introduce her then? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Okay, so uh, so uh, DJ Victory, thank you very much for joining us on your day off. Hey, hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So, uh, DJ, give us a little bit of a quick run through of you know where did you grow up and how did you get into our industry? So I grew up in Lima, and um, I actually didn't Is that a go to country. I'm sorry, to yeah, interrupt. exactly. Yeah, no, Lima, <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> 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 so, um, and I live in Cleveland now, but I grew up in Lima. Um, so, but I did not get into the beauty industry until a little bit later. I actually went to college right after high school because I thought that that's what I was supposed to do. That's what all my friends were doing and did that. And I just wasn't for me. I just, I didn't like it. And, um, then I actually got married at 22. Um, and I, started working at a surgeon's office and that was like one of the worst jobs I had ever had in my life. And I decided to quit that. And then I went to beauty school full time. And then while I was in beauty school, I was actually went through a divorce. So it took me a couple of years to get through beauty school. Um, but yeah, I finished up beauty school. I don't even know. I, I've been doing here like 14 years now um, in Columbus. And then I, met my now husband in Columbus and we moved to Cleveland. So that's uh, where I grew up and where I'm at now. So what's your, what hair salon are you working at in Cleveland? So I own my own salon. It's called Enzo Salon. And um, I've had that pretty much as long as I've been doing hair. I was working at a salon for about six months here in Cleveland and my husband decided to, he wanted to own a salon, which is really ironic because if you see him and he's incredibly gorgeous, but he's, um, he's bald. (laughs) 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 So, and and I'm, you know, a hairstylist. So, but anyways, um, so we bought our first salon and then, you know, we've had it ever since. So yeah, it's been, um, it's been, um, we've had definitely had our challenges and I've learned a lot and continue to learn and, you know, so it's great, though. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful industry. Sure is. Corey and I, uh, <laughs> we've been in this industry for, for a few years, and uh, I'm bald, and he, he looks like a biker, so we don't look <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't think oh my wife, well, I don't think my wife calls me beautiful, though. <laughs> no, she, she deals with me. <laughs> that old dude that's in the bed with me. Right. <laughs> But, that's uh, funny so dj um obviously this month is about um is about uh sobriety and recovery yes. and stuff so where, where does that story start for you oh man so i mean i guess well i've been sober actually i just celebrated my uh 12 year 
um, of being sober this past July. So that was pretty amazing. Um, but you know, I, I guess, I guess to like kind of tell you a little bit about like history about like my drinking, um, you know, my mother, I grew up in a very, um, I had a pretty, you know, traumatic, not very good uh, childhood. And my mother was an alcoholic and a drug addict. And, you know, so I grew up watching that. I grew up, you know, watching her do things that, you you know, no kid should see. And I always was like, God, I don't ever want to be like that. I don't ever want to be like that. And so I never really, and even in high school, I never really, I never really drank. And I was always, you know, the designated driver. And I was always, you know, I, I was a, a really good girl and per se. And, um, when I got out of high school, started going to college, you know, and all my friends, we were, you know, at Ohio State, and they were all partying, like, to no end, and I, you know, was like, this is amazing, oh my god, this is amazing, like, I loved it, I loved the feeling of, of being, of being drunk, I guess, you know, because it definitely, you know, they say liquid courage, man, and no doubt, it, that's what it did for me, and, um, so that's kind of where it started, but you know, I was never like a normal drinker and I still like, I, I still even to this day, I don't understand how people drink socially because when I drink, I drink to get fucked up <laughs> and, um, you know, and so for me that that's kind of how it always was. But then, you know, and I, and I mean, listen, I'm going to be honest from the, you know, I had a lot of fun times, <clears throat> excuse me. I had a lot of fun times drinking, but then it definitely got to the point to where it wasn't fun anymore. And I was, you know, going down a path that was very destructive and I was hurting myself and I was hurting people that, you know, were around me that cared about me. And, um, it was, it was bad, you know, and I knew, I'm sorry to interrupt you. How long did it, how long, uh, I guess, you know, let us know at what point did you feel that, you know, drinking took, took over your life? Well, you know, it's funny. My, um, like I said, I was married, before um i'm on my second marriage now my first husband used and i was young when i got married 22 he used to always say that i had a drinking problem even back then and i was like you're crazy you're crazy you're crazy so even back then someone was telling me that i had a problem and i just completely dismissed it because i thought i was too young to stop drinking i guess you know because i associated having fun with drinking so anything that i were to do, whether it be, you know, any kind of social event, any kind of party, any kind of whatever, I was like, you know, well, I have to drink. So, um, so it started a long, you know, way back then, but, um, it, to be honest, I think when, when we bought the salon, um, the stress of that and being kind of thrown to the wolves per se, because I never had managed anybody. I had never been in kind of a, um, a position that like that and here I am now you know the owner of a salon and I have employees and I have responsibilities that I never had before um, it kind of pushed me over the edge and I really took to drinking <clears throat> or I don't want to say took to drink because I always always was drinking I kind of it literally just pushed me over the edge let's just say that and um, so push and you, but pushed you over the edge to say like you were losing more control over your yeah, life absolutely I was losing more control and whatever anything would get I would get stressed it, it didn't matter though for me I, I could be I could be happy or I could be sad or I could be you know stressed I could be whatever and it, I would find a, an excuse to drink so I mean to say you know one thing or another did it I mean 
is kind of, I, I don't know, irrelevant, I guess. But um, for me, I, I really noticed it, I guess. I noticed it was when we, when I, um, you know, became a salon owner because of the stress of that. Were you trying to hide it? Were you trying oh, to? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was trying to hide it. I would, I mean, this is embarrassing to say, but <clears throat> I would leave the salon. Um, like if I didn't have a client, you know, or I had a really slow day, I would leave the salon and I would go to a bar and I would have a glass of wine. And I'd come back. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I mean, I have tons of stories I could tell you, but, um, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good at all. You know, I mean, if you didn't, if like, if you didn't own the salon, I guess it's kind of a hard question to ask. I mean, my instinct is like, you know, how do you survive working? I mean, but if you own the salon, I guess, you know, you didn't have anybody to really hold you accountable to to keeping your jo- job if you, well, well, first of all, I mean, you said you went to get a glass of wine at a bar. Was there ever a time where maybe you were, you, you shouldn't have been working? Oh yeah. 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 There was a little, um, I mean, there's a little like carry out store across the street from my salon and I would go over there and I would get those little bottles of, um, you know, alcohol that they have like sitting like at the checkout counter and right. I would, I would pour it, you know, in like, um, a, a coffee mug and, um, I would get those orange, they were orange sparks. So it tasted like almost like orange pop, but there was mm-hmm. alcohol in it and I would mix them. And so, and I thought because it was like vodka, you know, that I was mixing it with, nobody would know that I was drinking this and I had it in a coffee cup. So they would think I was just drinking, you know, coffee or tea or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was um, it was awful. Wow. And how and how long did you um, drink with this excessive problem? Or how long did how long did it did this T- take to catch along? up to me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not very long. My um, I had a <clears throat> a couple instances where I was in the hospital. Um, then I actually, I actually went to rehab for 30 days and I stayed sober for, I think a total of 90 days, um, including my stint in rehab. And I actually relapsed on, um, St. Patrick's day. And, um, so I've had like, you know, my ebbs and flows with it where I would, you know, be sober and then I would relapse and so forth. And then, um, so like 12 years ago, I don't know. It was, I didn't do anything that I didn't normally do. Nothing like crazy happened. Um, but for whatever reason, like I just, it just hit me that I needed to stop or I was going to kill myself. Cause I felt suicidal. I felt suicidal. I felt like I was losing my mind, you know, right. and my poor husband, I mean, we weren't, we weren't married at the time. He wouldn't, he wouldn't marry me. He had, he had um, asked me to marry him, but he would not marry me when I was in that state. And I don't blame him, you know? Right. Wow. Yeah. I, I want to back up just um, just a little bit, and hopefully you can um, enlighten us a little bit. So, what were those conversations like when um, when you were going, you know, when you've been sober for ninety days, and then you know, what excuses were you making? And I don't want to put words in your mouth, so you know, jump in at any point. No, no. Like, what was that conversation in your head to um, convince you that this time drinking was going to be different? Well, I I don't. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I just. I, you know, you're so, 
it's so easy to convince yourself that there is nothing wrong and that you can stop or that you're drinking for a reason. You know, well, if this wasn't going on in my life, then maybe I wouldn't drink as much. Well, if I didn't have this, you know, maybe I wouldn't drink as much. So, you know, you can find, I mean, we're very good at finding excuses and, um, or making excuses for ourselves and our behavior. And I was great at doing that, you know, and I was always, you know, and I always felt guilty when I did it, and I was always genuinely very sorry, um, you know, after the fact, and, I, and the guilt was just, like, eating me alive. It was just, it was horrible, but I'd go do it again, you know. Something would happen, like I said, I could be, it could be something good that would happen or something bad that would happen, and that I would give me, it. yep, I deserved it. That would make, that was, that was my excuse, you know. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I think that that's... I mean, what you said, and, and, and I have a lot of empathy towards you. I mean, you know, what, what you said where you were, you were genuinely sorry and you were genuinely upset and you were genuinely guilty, but, you know, where the addiction comes in from where I, from where I see it is, is, is although you, all that guilt and all that whatever, you still went and did it. Exactly, yeah. Like, that's, that's the true addiction. Well, yeah. The, yeah, the power of addiction is it's so powerful that even though, yeah, you're feeling all of those feelings and you genuinely are feeling them. I genuinely was very sorry and I genuinely meant, you know, or thought that I wasn't going to do it again. But, I mean, addiction is, you know, it's, it's no joke. And there are a lot of people out there that say it's a choice and, um, you know, just stop and, you know, all that. And I mean, and I guess I can understand people thinking that if they don't, you know, if they've never had anyone in their life or they've never experienced um, something like this, but um, it's, it's, it's no joke. And believe me, if I could just stop and drink like a normal person, I would, <laughs> you know, but I, I, I don't know how I just, it, there's something in my brain that just, it doesn't allow it. Yeah, that, that was me with cigarettes for the longest time. Um, yeah. I mean, addiction is addiction, you know what I mean? Whether it's food, whether it's, you know, drinking, drugs, um, shopping, gambling, you know, there are so many things that people are addicted to, you know, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a real, real thing. Other than alcohol, did you dabble in any other kind of substances? You know, I, I never really did. I, um, I, I never smoked. Um, I didn't like, I, I didn't. I never liked that. Um, you know, I tried, I smoked weed a couple of times, um, and I did try cocaine once. Um, mm -hmm. and I never, I was, you know, very, I'm very glad that I never got hooked on anything other than alcohol, even though alcohol is one of the most dangerous substances, not only because it's legal and it's so easily accessible, but, um, you know, the, the, the damage that alcohol can do to your body is, is yeah. for real, you know, but, but yeah, so no, I, I, um, was fortunate to never get really, I never got hooked on anything else. That's my yeah. goodness. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. my, my stepfather, he, uh, he died, uh, of heart disease from drinking so much. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it, it, it destroys your, your liver, your brain, your, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just crazy. When I was in rehab, there were people in there that were, you know, younger than I was that had, you know, uh, this fatty, had fatty liver, had you know, just all these problems from, from drinking. And it's just, you know. How, how bad did it really get for you? Uh, 
uh, right before you quit? So I was never really, a, I was never a daily drinker. I was more of a binge drinker. Um, and mm-hmm. that was another thing that had me convinced that maybe I wasn't an alcoholic because I didn't drink every day. You know, well, let's, I wasn't let's the, jump into that a little bit. So what, I mean, yeah. like, like, like there's different types of like uh, addictions and there's different types, particularly alcohol. Right. Um, yeah. And like you said, because it's so readily available, like, like kind of explain like what, I mean, we know what a daily drinker is, right? And you drink yeah. daily. But but like what's that and what's the difference between like a binge drinker? Like how would you define like binge drinking? So my binge drinking would consist of, you know, basically once I started, whether no matter what time of the day it was, I couldn't stop. And I would drink literally until I passed out. And, um, you know, and then maybe I'd be sober for like a day or so to, because I would be sick recovering and then I would do it again, you know, but so that's for me, that's what, you know, my binge drinking consisted of, you know, I never was the kind of person that I didn't have, I didn't wake up and I didn't have the shakes. I didn't have to have a drink to function, but it was definitely on my mind all the time. Right. That's so why, was, like, that's why good and bad excuses mm-hmm. you used, right? It's like, I'm sorry. I said that's the, that you said you, it was always on your mind, and I was like, that's why you were always looking for either a good excuse or a bad. Yeah, excuse. yeah, and anything you know, I could think of. I was day, like, get a drink. Yep, you know? exactly. Oh, a happy day. Let's go get a drink. You know. And you know, society does that too. Like you know, whenever you're celebrating, what do they show you? People are out drinking. You know what I mean? It, and it's just, I, I don't know. You know, but for, for but for an alcoholic, for someone like me, it's just it's just um, you know, I can't I can't drink like that. That's awesome. So, yeah. all right. So, uh, I think kind of a gratuitous question, but it's a question that everyone that's been like, like, what did your bottom look like? Look like? Um, well, like I said, it wasn't really anything like crazy. I had went out the night before and, um, I would drink and drive. And like I said, you know, these are, these are embarrassing things to admit mm-hmm. because now in my right from my mind, I can't imagine doing any of these things, you know, and I'm not, and I try not to be judgmental towards other people that have, that have done them or still do them because I understand what it feels like. So I had went out the night before, um, I was just drinking whatever my, and my husband was out of town. And, um, so that was like, uh, like I had the golden ticket, man, when he was out of town, I thought, Oh, he'll never know that I'm drinking, even though you can hear it in my voice and so forth. Well, he was out of town and I had went to a couple like local bars that like were around my house and um, it got back to one of the girls that worked at the salon and she called him and he flew home. And the next day after I had been out, they, um, him and my friend Shannon had sat me down and was just like, this is it. Like, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. You know, both of them had just kind of been, had had it with me and, you know, I don't know. It was, it, like I said, it was nothing any uh, out of the ordinary and, you know, I went to an outpatient the next day and continued to do so and, and then that was it. Was that your second stint in, um, in, uh, in a recovery system? Um, well, I guess, well, so I went to, when I was in, I went to inpatient for 30 days and then I went to outpatient after that, like continued 
um, a program. This is my second time doing an outpatient uh, program type thing, I guess. Mm -hmm. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you just mentioned that you did 30, 30 days of recovery, which gave you 90 days of sobriety. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. But this, this went on, this, this went on for like a few years, like the, the, where I would have some, you know, time with recovery and then I would, you know, go relapse and stuff like that. So this went on for like a few years well, that I was actually actively trying to get sober. So you so him flying home and your friend, uh, when they came in and approached you, is that when you decided you're going to make this happen and you're going to yes. quit? Yes, it was. Um, you know, just seeing like the pure, like, disgust and disappointment in their faces. And it's nothing that I had not seen before. That's the thing. It's, you know, uh, my husband, you know, I, I seen the, that look on his face, but for whatever reason that day, it just resonated with me. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this to him. I can't do this to myself. And, um, you know, I'm really going to try. And that's the thing for, you know, an addict and alcoholic you have to be ready and you have to be willing to, to, you know, get sober. And if you're not, nobody can make, make you, they, they just can't, you know, because mm -hmm. God, I had several people around me trying, you know, for years to try to get me to get sober. And I was just like, wasn't having any part of it. Oh. Wow. So, um, I mean, you talked a little bit about, you know, then you went to like, you did, you started an outpatient thing. Did you do a 12 step program or, or how is that different than, yeah, how did you quit? Um, I, I did. And that's not something I really want to talk about the 12, you know, like, because that's not, um, as, as far as like part of my recovery, because I, that, that's not something I want to, you're not supposed to talk about that, I guess, you know, right. in, I don't want to glorify that in any way. But for me, you know, I, um, I, you know, I did get a sponsor and I did, um, go to meetings and I continue to do those things. So how, um, what, first and foremost, how, how difficult did you find it? I mean, did you, once you decided when you were sitting with your husband and Shannon, was that like, I mean, was it, was it easy after that? I don't want to use the word easy. No, but, no, no, no. You know, it yeah. was, my my whole life completely changed and even though i was willing and i was ready at that point to get sober i still had so many like my my mind you know i still had so many things to try to figure out because that was how i coped with everything that was how i coped with my childhood that was how i coped with any kind of stress like i said any kind of anything in my life so i had to completely learn how to you know, coping mechanisms. And, and that was difficult, you know? Um, you know, I, I, at one point I even thought I was like, what if I don't love my husband? What if I truly don't really love him and want to be with him? And because, you know, my mind was starting to get clear and all these things were starting to, um, I don't know how to explain it. Does that, does that make any kind of sense? I, I don't know. Well, it was, it totally makes sense because like, now um, everything was starting that. to become, yeah, like I was having some clarity and, but then I, then I was thinking, well, what if I, you know, in my sober state, what if I don't feel like I did when I was drinking, I guess, you know what I mean? And um, that for me, that was very difficult, you know? Right. 
I mean, it's interesting, like, you know, you say, what if I don't like my husband? But with that clarity, really, you're asking yourself, do I like myself, right? Oh, absolutely. And I hated myself. You know what I mean? And, you know, and that's something, you know, I, I'm a very insecure person. When you really, truly get to know me, um, I have a lot of insecurities. And that goes back from my childhood because, you know, my mom was very neglectful. My dad was never in my life. And I was constantly wanting and needing to feel wanted and to you know, just feel loved. And so, you know, even to this day, I feel I have, I, I have those things and they're still there. Like they're just, they're still there. And I don't know if they'll ever go away. You know, right. well, at least you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, aware of it. Right. So you can oh, yeah. check. Right. Very aware of it. Very aware of it. And now that I have my own son, you know, that brought up a whole nother slew of emotions because, you know, I would look at him and I would be like, how in the holy hell, could you do what you did to me thinking of my parents, you know, because I look at him and I'm like, I love him more than life itself. And I can't imagine him feeling the pain that I felt. So, you know, it, it, it just, there's all kinds of emotions and, and yeah, shit to try to work through. So it's like, I mean, I mean, you know, I guess we all have our own stuff, but you know, like when she was talking about the clarity and when she's talking about, um, you know, the relationships that she had with her parents. But um, with that clarity, you can redefine those relationships. I mean, you can redefine those, well, those relationships. Yeah, right? like, absolutely. Like we're, yeah. We're, again, to be frank, and for me, like, you know, I, I certainly had some struggles with, um, with my dad mainly, but, um, you know, as, as he's gotten older, you know, I've been able to redefine it as um, not necessarily that it was an attack on me, but, but just it was his insecurities and he was being a dad within those insecurities. And that isn't always the greatest role model. Exactly. Exactly. And your addictions usually is your first relationship and all the other relationships come after that. Right. So you handle them completely different. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I am. Do you know Nina Kovner, DJ? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's so one of her podcasts. She says that, um, and I think that this is so true and, and I'm totally going to butcher this and Nina, if you ever hear this, I apologize, but, but she said that, you know, once you start, um, with some kind of relationship, whether it's with alcohol or whether whatever you stop growing at that point. So for DJ's point, you know, she stopped growing at 20. Like she started growing, she stopped growing emotionally at 20 when she entered college. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I'm not, I'm not telling your story any different. Just no, no, no. Yeah. The story, like you just stop growing emotionally because every time you struggle with that emotion, you go to the bottle. Yeah. Every time you, you have it. to struggle mm-hmm. with those. Exactly. You just, and then you just stop. So you know, you have to go through that growth process, you know? Yeah. You, yeah. You top. absolutely do. Yeah, so that doesn't mean that her relationship with her parents are any better or any worse, but just she can redefine it on her own terms. And I think that that's where, that's how you maintain your sobriety. That's how you maintain yeah. it. Sounds like well, you I mean, a- I, yeah, I don't have any relationship actually with not even one person in my family. And, um, you know, my I didn't mom. I mean like a physical relationship, but just a historical relationship. You yeah, know, you re- yeah. You yeah. What that yeah, whatever. Yeah, what you, I mean, you decide, you can decide whatever you, you know, whatever's going to be best for you and, and, you know, you need to do that whether that's have a relationship with them or not have a relationship with them, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds like so. you have a, a pretty awesome husband. I do. Know. My husband is, I'm definitely hit the jackpot them. I mean, now don't get me wrong. He can be a pain in the ass too. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like every but, wife says. <laughs> exactly. But he is, um, he is my like biggest supporter, my biggest fan. Um, 
and you know he's he's um he's just very he's very smart and he he understands you know things like the from a medical standpoint he he understands you know all the things that I've gone through and am going through and stuff but he's um you know he's just a genuine good guy like he's just you know he's he's just he's a good one he's just he just is that's awesome. Do you, would you contribute uh, a lot of your success uh, by his support? Um, yeah, I mean, some of it, you know, I definitely work, you know, I, I do my part as far as like, you know, I work really hard at doing whatever it is I need to do. But I mean, it definitely helps when you have someone that truly loves you and supports you and, and, you know, pushes you, you know, on your side. That's awesome. It's beautiful. So, um, you said that, uh, are you still going to meetings and stuff? And what does I that do. look like? In life? Yeah. I go to two a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One in the, one at the beginning of the week and one at the end of the week. And you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't really talk a lot at them. It's just not my, I mean, I don't, you come on podcast to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or I'll blog about it, but I won't talk to you about it, you know, to your face, but, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it just, it helps me, um, you know, it helps me and, um, that's, you know, I'm grateful for that. So that's awesome. That, that, that's just, what a, what a good dude that guy is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's good. He's a good that's, one. Like I get, I, I get stuck or I'm really interested in like once, once you know that the brain is changing, meaning like, you know, what happens when the brain is saying, let's go have a drink, you know, how do you, how do you combat that? Well, you know, I was pretty fortunate. Like once I decided to stop, I never really, I didn't get those like urges anymore. Um, I, I think the first couple years it was, it was, I, I definitely stayed clear of any kind of situation that would make me feel that way. Meaning, you know, I didn't go to any restaurants that were, you know, like bar restaurants, or I didn't go to any clubs, I didn't do any, anything like that, you know, because I didn't want to be put in those situations. Um, but now, you know, that I do have a little bit of sobriety behind me, you know, I can go, if I wanted to go to a club or whatever, I could, you know, I can go to Las Vegas, and I can, you know, I can hang out, and I can have fun, and I don't, I don't drink, you know, I just, right. you know, you know, but the thing, one of the things that helps me really is I keep the bad shit that has happened very close to me because that helps me to remember, you know, why I don't want to do this again. So, you know, even though it's painful at times, it helps me to maintain what I have going because I don't ever want to be that person or in that position that I was before. Certainly. What, um, when you say you keep it close to you, like, what does that mean? Um, I just keep it, you know, memory. I just keep it close to me in my, you know, I think about it. Like I will, I will think about how I made someone feel, how I made myself feel, how, you know, like the look on someone's face when they saw me, like things like that. Like I just keep those, those uh, memories close because it helps keep me sober. Mm, yeah i mean i guess you can still feel the i guess the 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 rawness the pain the uh 
I think the word you brought up was rawness. I think that yeah. that's, that's look, yeah. look on your husband's face when he came, when he flew yeah. home. I don't ever want to see that again, you know? And then I think about my own son, like I, I just, I, I can't imagine him ever seeing me in that state of mind, you know? Right. So just that, that for me, you know, I just, you know, I, I just keep it close because I don't want to go back there. That's awesome. So um, before we kind of jump in, like, um, into, you know, what you've been doing, you know, in, in, a, in a sober world, um, one, more, one more quick question is, have you found that you've jumped obsessions? I mean, like a lot of people, um, you know, they'll pick up another obsession. Yeah, it's replace the addiction. I mean, I wish I could say I replaced it with like working out or something like that, but I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, eating, eating healthy. But um, <clears throat> I think my only addiction now is um, I drink pop and I, I love it. And I don't have any plans on stopping. <laughs> <laughs> For people not in the north, that's soda or Coke or Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I drink I drink Coke actually. Yeah. But um Oh yeah, I know some people call it soda. Yeah, we call it, we call it pop here in Cleveland. But um at least I do. I don't know about anybody else. But but yeah, so you know, I don't I don't smoke, I don't I don't go tanning. I don't do, you know, anything. I'm not too wild anymore. So I just like, like my Coke in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) With, with this clarity that with sobriety, I mean, can you see a difference in running your business and are there other uh, avenues of, uh, you know, entrepreneurships you've been in you know, been working on or anything? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I definitely wouldn't, I wouldn't have my salon. I wouldn't have, you know, any of the success, you know, that I do have today, you know, whatever your definition of success is, but, you know, I wouldn't have my salon. I, you know, started my own makeup line about a year and a half ago. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have any relationships, you know, so because it, you, I just wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> So let's get into that. So, uh, so new, clean, sober DJ, like, like, like tell us about the successes in your life, you know, post sobriety. So once I, you know, started to really embrace, you know, my sobriety and so forth, I really like kind of delved into more in the hair world. Um, I really started getting into doing like some editorial work. Um, mm-hmm. so I started, you know, doing some photo shoots and so forth. And then I was like, okay, well, how do I get these published and this and that? So I really just hustled and I started trying, you know, making relationships and contacting um, editors and so forth and seeing what I could do. And then, um, you know, when I would get rejected, because I got rejected a lot, I would try to get feedback from them on why, because I wanted to make it better. I wanted to do better and I wanted to um, you know, get, get my work published. So, you know, I didn't have um, a big company backing me. I didn't, you know, I didn't work with these big companies that can pay for all this advertising and and so forth. So I had to really, really, I worked really hard um, to get it into, you know, these magazines myself. So that was one thing that I, you know, love doing. And I don't do that as much anymore because of my son. He's, he's very time consuming you know, then I started the makeup and stuff like that, you know, I've entered contests and so forth. So I, I have a hard time talking about my quote unquote successes because <laughs> I don't, I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm bragging. Um, so that, that's, that's always been difficult for me. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't really see it as bragging. I mean, you did it, right? I mean, it's yeah, like, I did, yeah. It and, and, and it takes it takes great gumption and it takes great uh, courage. Courage that that I went with, in my head, I was going with fearlessness, and I was like, how am I going to work that into a sentence? <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you for the pullout, Tony. Right. Yeah, I mean, it takes great courage and it takes all that stuff. I mean, and and you know, it's funny that you said that you know you 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 don't want people to think you know a certain way about you, but you know, once you start a business and stuff, I, I've experienced that. That um, or if you follow your passion, you know, telling your story isn't bragging. I think kind of people like dig that. You know, they they they, they all, a lot of people look up to it because it's very very few in the in the grand scheme of things. And obviously, you're humbled. So you know what I mean. It's not okay. like you you know you're you're trying to prove something. You're not. I mean, you you're humbled. You're yeah. successful, and you're just sharing your story. You know what yeah. I mean. And, and that Be, staying humble. To- yeah, staying humble is um is such an important you know, part of, of being sober. And I think that, that it, that's something that, that everybody, you know, cause it doesn't matter what you have, what you don't have, where you came from or where you're at right now, you know, you know, you just have to try to be the best that you can be and do the right thing. And, you know, and even from like my makeup line, you know, what my little, my little slogan is, you know, show, um, show compassion, show compassion, teach gratitude and remain humble because I think that those are three very important things that, that we need in this world, you know? Amen, sister. It's the truth. It's the truth, right? So tell us a little bit, um, tell us about the makeup line, like, uh, the name of it, where we can find it and all that good groovy stuff. So, um, it's called Macy and Mia, which are after my two dogs. (laughs) I'm a big, (laughs) I know my little old ladies. I'm a big animal lover. I mean, I've always loved animals. And, um, when I was brainstorming on, you know, coming up with this whole idea and a name and so forth, I was actually sitting like in my kitchen and I look over and these two assholes, one's laying in the chair, you know, super cozy, and then the other one's laying in her, like, therapeutic bed. And I was like, oh, Macy and Mia, that would be cute. And that's how I came up with it, you know. And then and I decided, like yeah. Store? I'm it's sorry? Spelled like the store? It's spelled like the store? Yeah, Macy? M-A-C-Y. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And, and then, you said you've had that for a year and a half? About a year and a half, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I sell it. I have, you know, my own, uh, the website is MacyandMia.com, um, and you can buy everything on there. And then I also sell out of my salon. And then recently, um, I was super excited about this. I partnered with Ipsy, who, you know, is a monthly beauty subscription, and they have over 3 million subscribers. And wow. I provided them with, you know, 100,000 pieces of one of my lip glosses. And so it's going to go out to 100,000 people. So I'm super excited about that. Whoa, yeah. that's incredible. So is Ipsy, is that sort of like the, and I don't know anything about it because, you know, I'm an old dude, but yeah. um, is Ipsy, is it, is it, is that kind of like one of the box things? Like where, where they, they pre- yes, it's, um, yeah, you get it. It's monthly. You get a little glam bag and you get five, um, like deluxe size samples in it so that, you know, you can try it and so forth. And then you can shop from their website as well. So it's just like to sample, you know, different products that you might not have tried before. So it's um, it's a good way for people to try out new things. And, um, yeah, I'm super excited about it. I actually got mine in the mail on Saturday, and you would have thought I won the lottery. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see an open box video, did I? 
No, no, no. I, I know. I'm really bad about doing videos. Honestly, it's because I just, I just don't have time with my son. Like I don't have time to sit there. And even today, that's why I was like, do I have to be on video? Because I'm not looking too cute right now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like this is real life. Like I seriously look like I'm, I'm a mess. <laughs> <laughs> So give Ipsy a shout out. How, is it IPSY? E-P-S-Y? IPSY, yeah. Yeah, IPSY. Yeah, so I had contacted them when I first started the line. And I was like, how do I get into your glam bag, blah, blah, blah. Never heard anything, never heard anything. Months later, I get an email. And they were like, you know, we're interested in setting up a call. We, you know, we'd like to partner with you. And I was shitting my pants because, like I said, this is like <laughs> a major company, a huge, you know, this is a huge deal for someone, you know, like me. I mean, I'm like the this little, like nothing in this big world of, you know, cosmetics. I mean, right. the, um, it's so, what's the word? I can't even think. But our industry is full of people like you that feel that, you know, that, Hey, I was, I was nothing. And now look, look what happened. You know well, what I mean? You know, a lot what, of great stories like that. I mean, and what she said, I mean, it resonated with, with me a great deal. And that's like, um, like even when she was like contacting the editors and saying, Hey, you know, how, what did I do wrong or whatever? I mean, and with her going after Ipsy as, as a potential uh, client or a potential outlet, you know, I, that's the way we've done this entire podcast. You know, we've just reached out to people in the industry, you know, mainly yeah. be a DM, you know, on, on Instagram and, and, and the industry has been incredibly, incredibly um, gracious to us. Generous, you know? right? You well, know? yeah, it's, it, we have so much more access than we used to, which is, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with social media, which I'm sure a lot of people do. But, you know, the access that it gives you is, it is pretty amazing. You know, you're able to reach out to people that you never thought that you would be able to. You know what I mean? So, that's been, it is great. Frankly, 2012 when I reached out to DJ, right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it was that. It was like, who is this girl? What's her name? And then when I found her on Facebook, I sent her a message. And, you know, we've literally had a at least a once a month relationship since then. Is that fair? Yeah. Just say like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Hope you're doing well. Yeah. Whatever. Like Corey, you, you've always been super like, um, very, very sweet to me and, you know, complimentary and stuff. And that's, you know, that's been very nice. And I appreciate that. Well, we appreciate you. Hey, that's so, lovely. um, we, we have a parting question and, and, uh, you know, jump in whenever or jump or give us whatever like if you have one piece of advice like to give somebody that you know was was in the uh the realms of addiction or you know trying to trying to get through their bottom do, do you have any advice for someone oh man that's a tough one man <laughs> um uh, i guess just to know that you know i guess well to it's so hard because when you're in like the throes of it you can't see anything other than what's directly in front of your face, you know? So it's so hard to try to think that, you know, recovery is possible or I can have a better life. Like it doesn't seem like it is possible, but it is, you know, it, it so is. I mean, I never, I never thought I would be able to go through my life without drinking. That's how important it was to me. And, um, you know, now I'm just like, I, it doesn't, it doesn't, I just don't think about it, you know, I mean, because I know what I have is so good and it, and it is so good because of me being sober, 
you know, so it's hard. I just, I guess just try not to give up hope and, and give up, you know, give up on yourself because, you know, you feel so worthless. And so, um, just, you feel like nothing, you know, when you're in like that deep of a despair. So just trying to stay hopeful. So to put in a phrase, there's life after. Absolutely. I mean, my life isn't perfect by any means. I mean, I still, you know, I still struggle. I still, you know, I have, I've had depression ever since I you know, was diagnosed with it ever since I was 13. You know, I have anxiety um, and I do take medicine for that. And I'm all like, I'm not embarrassed by that one little bit because it absolutely has saved me. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I met the medication and so forth, but um, you know, yeah, just that there's, there's, there's the, a whole bunch of life after it, you know, and it's fun. I have fun still. Right. That's so cool. It is cool. I mean, you know, it, a lot of people who do hide it or, you know what I mean? They continue to make those excuses, right? She's totally transparent. You embrace it. And therefore, yeah, that, and yeah, that's the thing I think too, is you have to really embrace it. Like, this is just who I am. Like I, I can't help it. I didn't, choose it it's just that's just the way I made you know and I think once you're finally able to embrace it um that is really helpful too because it just helps you go on living your life the best way you know how you know boom and you're doing an awesome job yeah well miss dj victory and you can find her on all social media outlets at dj victory um i mean uh, 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 a big fat thank you thank you for sharing thank you for being transparent thank you for um, oh man we just it, it's incredible um, yeah, totally appreciate your story i completely appreciate your story and um I, I i can't it's just it's just cool thank you very much and uh thanks for sharing your story and thank you very very much for joining us on your day off i appreciate it thank you Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. Peace and hair grease.